Okay, good evening, everyone. This is Sachin here from the Angelwing LLC. Today is the 9th of October, 2022. We are continuing our dialogues on a variety of different subjects. Uh, and today we are going to examine uh, a question of inner growth. What does this mean? What, what is uh, inner growth actually? So I'll make some initial comments about this and then we can uh, examine it together and see where it takes us. Uh, all of these questions are interrelated uh, with regards to self-mastery, our transformation and development in life. Uh, and of course, um, they are meant for meditation. They're meant for meditative contemplation, meditative reflection. So the two words, inner growth, um, to understand what that might mean, uh, at least I'll share with you my thoughts about this. First of all, there is the physical body's development. Right? So when a zygote is formed, the sperm and the egg come together and one cell is there. And then from there, slowly, 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 the entire baby is formed and then the baby is born. And then it continues to grow and develop all the organ systems. This is the development of the physical body. So keep this in mind, development of the physical body. Then we have simultaneously what we would consider to be development uh, of our mental reality. So we can say mental development. So you have two things going on parallel. Uh, after a certain point, the mind begins to develop also. You know, so there is the physical body development from the zygote all the way, you know, it, it continues all the way through to the point where the physical body ends. Good evening, um, Pratapji, good to see you. Nice to see you. Oh, uh, hello. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. I'm just giving my initial comments on the, on the question today. The question is inner growth, inner development, what exactly that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I'm just giving some background on this from my point of view, and then we'll get into the dialogue in just a moment. So physical body grows, it develops, and then interestingly, the physical body ages. There's an aging process that goes on, and then eventually the physical body goes away, it, 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 it dies. Now, the mind is something also that develops. So the brain develops, the synapses of the brain develop, the the uh, conditioning of the brain, which we've talked about a lot over the last two years, the brain is uh, is highly conditioned in terms of stimulus response, the inputs coming in, all of that process is neurological and then neuropsychological also. There are big areas uh, uh, in the academic world as well as in the professional world that study these things. So you have neuropsychology, you have neuroscience, you have, you have um, a, a different a cognitive sciences, cognitive neuroscience, massive areas of research, very intricate and complex areas of research are there to look at the development of the brain and the development of the mind. So these things are not separate, obviously. What we can, when we use the word mind, that is referring to our subjective mental life. You know, so uh, in, in some sense, the word psychology refers to the study of mental life. You know, this is one way to understand uh, what, what is meant by this word psychology. So development or growth, let's say growth, there is growth of the mind. Then there is also, within the growth of the mind, there are many, many facets. Many facets, we, we have talked about so many of them. Things like identity, the sense of the me that we talk about. Then even other emotions, they grow and develop. The polarity of emotions grow and develop. All of this happens. Um, then there is, of course, the genetic influence, the genetic endowment, the uh, epigenetic influence uh, in terms of how the brain and the body are actually formed, the nature and nurture interaction. Again, massive areas of study and research uh, are present today. Uh, quite a bit has been discovered regarding this. So our question with this, you know, with this background, uh, as adults, as, as participants in the Agile program, we are looking for uh, a state of living that is filled with transformation, filled with enlightenment, filled with more awareness, filled with self-mastery, more clarity, um, more devotion. If you're devoted to God and more theistic sense, then it could be that way. Uh, personal excellence, whichever language suits you or suits the individual is okay. You know, so the truth is only one. The, the, the actual real development 
what is that? That's the question. So when I ask myself, okay, I'm such in here, I'm 52 years old. I have so many things that have, have experienced and developed in my life. All right, okay. But what is development? Development is a question, but what is internal growth? You see, so for example, even Debbie and others have stated over the last many, many months, we need to develop more awareness, right? So there's a sense that we need to gain something more, to develop more. We have that, that sense. Um, so what is what is inner growth? You know, and, and then in relation to that, outward growth. So we see the developments in the world, technological, et cetera. And then we also see, uh, then we're asking the question, what is internal growth? Um, and what is it that grows? So there's many questions here. Uh, so we can open up our, our discussion in just a moment. I want to give three points on this uh, in, from, my, from my point of view, at least, or perspective. The word inner refers to one's direct experience, that Sachin has a direct experience or rea reality of the inner world. Which direction is it going in? What is it that I want to experience? That's one, one point. Second point is, Growth versus stagnation. Is my life growing and developing and beautifully dynamically moving ahead with new ideas and new explorations and new insights? Is that happening? Or is it just going in old patterns? Dr. Chetna and Pratap and others have talked about repetitive, re repetitive patterns, the cyclical patterns. Uh, other people have talked about these also time and time again. Uh, to not be stuck in them, to not be stuck in the conditioning, to not be stuck in narrow-mindedness, to not be stuck in divisive conflicts. These are the things we have looked at uh, on many occasions. So to move out of that dimension, move out of that cyclical dimension that doesn't serve us. You know, there are cyclical patterns that are functional, that are meaningful in life, that, that, are, that are needed in life, like brushing your teeth every day or taking a shower every day or whatever the patterns may be. Okay, so we've made that distinction also over the last two years very well. Pratap has talked about that. Others have talked about it also, right? So, and then the third point uh, is, is, that, is, is that internal development and growth is experience-based, is experiential, that there would be, if real development is going on, real growth is going on, then joy, happiness, steadiness, clarity, tolerance, uh, being more still from within, this is something that I, um, I, Sachin here, has been trying to really uh, look at that for many years, you know, because you tend to get stuck in your own head. The point is, wait a minute, be still, be present. Um, so everyone, it's it's a recognition. Where is, you know, where are, what are some qualities that that can develop in my life? So those are things to look at. Uh, so inner stillness, uh, more listening, more attention, more presence with other people not just you know responding right away not just judging right away uh, being aware of image formation these are all things that we have looked at in the last two years amazing you know and uh, it, it has been it's been quite a journey so we want to open it up now for dialogue uh, and it's good to see all of you we have a nice small group so we can go a little bit deeper if you want but these are my initial comments and my own reflections uh, over the last many years and a small summary of what we have done so far so good to see a few, Ms. Teresa, Mr. Pratap, and Ms. Debbie. Anyone can begin. Take your time, please. There's no rush at all. Okay. So I will say that what I thought about when you said, you know, constantly changing. So I'm going to use the word, um, you know, inner growth would be exploring, because that to me says that it's moving, changing, growing. If you're exploring something, we're looking at it, you know, in different ways. So, you know, that would be part of it. And then I would think to me would be like exploring the relationship between myself and others, myself and the world. Um, that's kind of just what comes to me first thing when you're talking yes. about that. Yes, very nice, beautiful. Yes, absolutely. The point that Teresa is making, if I heard her correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that about exploration, she's emphasizing the need to explore the way the relationships work, the way the connections work with the outside world, with the people around us, to explore it and to understand it better. Is that what you were trying to say? Something like that, Teresa? 
yes, yes. I think she was trying to say that. Okay, very good. The importance of exploration. Yes. Okay, yes, thank you. You know, the importance, the significance or the need to explore. So what, what are the dynamics of relationships, of interactions? And then, the, and then the question here is of growth. So anybody interrupt me anytime, Debbie, if you want to say anything or anyone else, please go ahead. Um, you, you know, we, we talk about relationships growing. We talk about education growing, skills growing. The, the development of the mind, it, it has everything in it. It has the development of all experiences. You know, um, the, the, the development of career, the development of finance, the development of good health. So growth has just thousands of dimensions in there. So when we are asking inner growth for each individual in our dialogue here, what, what is that for us? And then, and then I think even a more interesting question or like a connected question is what is it that is growing? You know, so now in neuroscience, there is all of this research about the development of the brain that there's new connections, the brain is reconnecting and re, re, reformulating. Uh, even uh, philosophers like, uh, like J. Krishnamurti and other people that we have referred to, they talk about things like awakening of the non-mechanical parts of the brain. You know, so an awakening, like a spiritual awakening that, that religious people talk about in Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, they talk about an awakening in the, like in the, in one of the Indian languages called Gujarati, it is called Jagruti you know, to be awakened inside. So it's the same concept, it's just different languages are, are, are there, different words are used. Uh, but so it would indicate that there's a development of some sort. You see, it, it, and what is that actually? And then what is preventing that? So what is it that is growing? See the questions. What is it that is growing? Growing into what? And then, and then what is preventing that kind of growth? You know, so for, for example, we've talked about love and this may seem a little bit abstract, but we've talked about the de development of love versus an openness where love just shines. And these are two different ways of looking at this. We've talked about the development of tolerance, development of self-mastery or any quality for that matter that is developed psychologically through effort. And then there's another approach, the backdoor approach, where the mind is very aware and it's completely still, steady, highly energetic. And that dawning, that awakening of the intelligence, the, 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 you can call it grace if you want, it descends, as Pratap has mentioned many, many times, there's a descent of love. It descends on the individual. It is not a developed phenomenon. So these are very, these are two different things and, and it may be possible to perhaps bridge them together also. I don't know if that, I, I hope that didn't confu cause confusion in that, but it, if so, please let's talk about it, you know, because there are two different, there's two ways of going about it. And then the third would be some combination of the two. Well, I do like what Terry said about, you know, exploring yourself and existing in the world. And I think we have learned so much over the past two years. Um, you know, we've learned a lot of things about exploring and trying new techniques to live a better, fuller, more joyful type life, uh, live with a little less stress, promote more love. You know, we've just worked on so much like that. Um, again, it goes back to just the awareness and practicing. And I guess that's where I feel I still struggle. Um, you know, life just seems <laughs> sometimes. And I have trouble keeping everything in order. Hmm. Um, 
but we have explored so many things to improve upon our lives. And I know they're there in the back of my head, but I have to put them to use in a better way. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Anybody jump in anytime, please. Uh, uh, continue, Debbie, please. Yeah, that's just, just it in a nutshell. There's so much I know I should be doing. And as you say many times, well, then just do it. <laughs> just, be, just, just be in it. Yes, exactly. And it's just difficult, I guess. So, okay. So, so, so let's talk about that. I, I hope uh, 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 anybody jump in anytime, but I, I'll give you some, some thoughts. These are some of my thoughts on this as I'm listening to you. There, these two, two paths. One is to try to develop what you are talking about. You know, that I want to, um, let's say live a, a life that is filled with really good balance. Everything should be where it should be. You know, all the right steps are taken throughout the whole day. We want to do that, but we don't necessarily do that, right? right. Not that we are not able to do it. That's a different matter. If you have injury or something, then there's a limitation. It's not that the ability is not there. The capacity is there. Yeah. Even a vision of what that might be. Okay. But, yeah. But then internally, there's resistance in, in, in the application. Okay, that I am trying to do this to get my life balanced and take all the right steps and, and try to develop love and try to develop listening skills and whatever, right? All that stuff. So what is resistance? <laughs> what's that? What's that? What, what is that resistance? That's the whole point. That resistance is preventing inner growth. Mm -hmm. That resistance is, is using certain energy that is that is that is needed for the development from within. You know, so but what is the resistance? We can examine what is resistance. Yes. And please, anybody, anybody jump in anytime. I, I, it shouldn't just be me talking, but I, I, I'll share with you my thoughts and just interrupt me at, at any point, please. Have we talked about resistance? We have, but not in that much detail. But yeah. we, we can talk. We can talk about it right now a little bit at least. See, the word resistance means that two two internal mechanisms are hitting against each other. Meaning what? Sachin says, "Okay, I want I want to get up at five thirty in the morning and do my morning exercise for one hour. Let's say, can I do it? Yes. Do I want to do it? Yes. Am I energized in doing it? Yes. Come five thirty in the morning." I don't <laughs> no. I want to sleep another half. I'll get up, hit the snooze button three times. You see those commercials, people doing that, right? You hit the snooze button. That's resistance. There you go. Now, so so when we when when we are having that resistance, we've delayed the right action. Now, intelligence would dictate that once once a clear decision has been made through intelligence, not through just the ego that this is the right thing for this body, for the mind, then there is no other contradictory impulse. If there is a contradictory impulse, like in the morning, what do you do with that contradictory impulse? You can only do one of two things with it. You can either indulge in that impulse and have the resist and develop the resistance and go run with that resistance and just be stuck kind of, which then has ramifications throughout the whole day. Or you can put take that contradictory thought and complete and see it, allow your intelligence to act and recognize that that contradictory thought has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do, don't identify with it at all. And, it, and as soon as you get up from your bed, within two minutes that thought or less than that, that thought will disappear. It will disappear even after, as soon as you get up, it might disappear. Mm -hmm. so, see, we've talked about this contradictory Thoughts, contradictory emotions, contradictory desires. These things are preventing inner internal development. The moment contradiction disappears, my God, immense energy is available. It's an energy is raw, so you can use it functionally as needed throughout the 24 hour cycle, beautiful. And then meditatively, Life becomes a meditative experience. It's a meditative growth. 
then one is following one's passions and desires and enjoyments and things, but without contradiction. Contradiction is resistance. That resistance is damage to energy and damage to intelligence. Then, then one is caught. So for example, Sachin doesn't get up at 5.30, Sachin gets up at 6.30, that one hour, no, no good quality sleep, I'm kind of half awake, half sleeping, within me says, I should, let's get up now, other parts says, no, don't get up now. I, I have wasted so much energy and then some strange dreams come about because of all the contradiction. It's crazy. We, we create chaos in our system for that one hour. Mm -hmm. Sachin says, no, no, I have looked at this now. I'm not going to create that chaos. No. My mind is not going to generate that, 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 that one hour confusion because then I, I get up at 6.30 or 7 o'clock. My whole day is affected by that. My energy level is affected. My other decisions are affected. My digestive system is affected. My, so many, the physiology of the body is affected. Everything is affected. Mm -hmm. It's a domino effect. Mm -hmm. You see, so, so when decisions are made, they're made not by me that I am making the decision, they're made by the, the intelligence is di directly active. That intelligence is impersonal. It says, this is the right thing, that's the right thing. There's no question of my thinking that's the right thing. I, I'll give you an example. I, I just went through these stents and all that, right? I have about several medications to take. There's a blood pressure medicine, there's a, there's a um, uh, blood thinner medicine. So uh, what does intelligence dictate? This is necessary for the body right now. They'll change it later on, eight, six months or a year from now. So if I said, wait a minute, you know, no, I, I don't feel like taking it. I'm not going to take it today. I'll take it every other day. I'm not going to take it as prescribed. I'm not going to do that. The I, I gets it, gets, it's interfering. But the intelligence dictates, no, this is the right thing for the body. That's it. There's no discussion. Now, and, and, and if there was some issue with that, you discuss it with the doctor and deal with it. That's it. You know, that's a very silly and maybe very small example, but there's no contradiction in that. A doctor says, you have to take, you've gone through a stent procedure, you have to take these medicines, and then I have to report to them you know, what my experience is. That's it. That's it. So, so similarly, in all aspects of life, when decision is made, not that I am making the decision, through my confusion, the decision is made through clarity, through a meditative clarity. It's a very big, big difference between the two. You see now, from a religious point of view, people who are using religious language, how would we put it? That decision is made by the grace, by the acceptance of the grace of God. You know, people say that is God's grace there. Okay, so those who are devout and devoted to God in any way, in any tradition, when when they when they are in residence, in connection, in communion with God, then then the then that intelligence, same intelligence is it's active. These are the right things to do. That that's the difference between, let's say, for example, following the Ten Commandments versus the Ten Commandments naturally erupting from within. I am going to follow the Ten Commandments. That's the ego is involved in that. But when connection with the divine, with the Lord, this is a dualistic religious language I'm using. When that is there, there is no I that is following. It is by the divine will that the commandments are automatically followed. The, when the I gets involved, then, the, then, then there is also the I, then this is, look, look at me, I'm, I'm following these commandments. That there can be a little bit of an ego behind it. Plus, there's also the ego grabs hold of that intelligence. It tries to grab hold of that. It, ca it cannot do that. And then it will cause confusion with it. It will cause a lot of trouble with it. That, that question of the I and the me, as Pratap has mentioned before, we've all mentioned it. That is the central thing to look at in all of this. It is the one thing that if we can really see it in its entirety, every issue is, is resolved. But, it, but see, notice what happens. It always it, it comes up. So, you know, Sachin tries to follow some good, uh, uh, tries, to, tries to live a good, let's say, meditative, religious life, whatever. 
through the back door that I comes. Oh, I'm doing this. Somebody gives me a compliment, I'm doing this. Then the ego, it's, it tries to achieve achieve something or another. It tries to achieve that, that, that enlightenment. But enlightenment is not an achievement of the ego. This is my perspective. <laughs> if it was, the millions of people would have been enlightened. <laughs> enlightenment can only occur when there is realization of the place of the ego. It is a very limited place in life. And when you keep it only within that limitation, other than that, allow the infinite intelligence, call it a higher intelligence, call it God, call it higher consciousness, whatever it is, you, whatever name you want to give to it, allow that to be. And if, if you allow that to be, how can, how can a person go wrong? Then Debbie, there's no issue of, uh, of saying, wait a minute, I'm trying to develop this. I'm trying to not do this. Why is this not happening? That none of that would even exist actually. Because you are in complete alignment with your own inner growth and development and self-mastery with, with that higher truth and intelligence. There's no question of any resistance then. But you notice how it keeps coming back again and again. <laughs> you know, some days I can do it and other days... See, see, see the language you just used. Some days I can do it. <laughs> there's that I, there's that I right there. I should say I can do it. I will no, do it. No, no, there's, so, so you can see, you can change the language. And within, within the day, within the present, it is being done. Mm -hmm. yeah. I allow it to be done. Allow, I, allow, allow it to be done. <clears throat> allow it to be done. Then, because you, you have seen that that is the right action to take. There is no contradiction to that. There's no, and if, if, a, if a contradictory desire comes up, that contradictory desire is completely ignored, is de-identified. There's no identification with the contradictory thought. And mm. hence, hence, when you don't identify with the contradictory thought, that is active intelligence. See, see this point, not identifying with contradictory thoughts, emotions, feelings, desires, memories, anything that is contradictory, you de-identify with it and bring and allow intelligence to see it from every angle. That's an important thought. It's, yeah. It's, yes, it's, it, okay, but uh, so uh, Debbie, from, 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 from what we just shared, what do you say about that? And uh, Pratap wants to say something, please. Debbie, go first, and then Pratap, go ahead, please. You just... Pratap, you're muted. Pratap, you're muted also. You have to go forward in a positive way. See the vision. Yes. And just go forward with it. Yes. Just be in it. That's it. You know, don't, you can't second guess and second guess and throw all the variables in there. <clears throat> Just have to make it, make the decisions moment to moment and let it flow in a better way. Yes, because all those variables and everything, you're seeing that from, from all sides. You've seen it from every angle. Uh, Pratap, go ahead, please. Good to see you. Good to see you. I just want to <clears throat> tell you what I understand on this thing is that our main problem is that we really, we talk about the ego, but yes. when we talk about the ego, we don't realize that this I that we are using in our conversation now is itself the ego. That's and it. then we, we talk as if that I should not have an ego, but I is ego is not realized. Exactly. That's why there is a problem that I see because this I is hiding, always hiding under these things that 
the, for example, resisting, right? There are so many resisting. Then I say, I should not resist and I should resist. Now, who is this? The thoughts in themselves cannot resist or do anything. Thoughts in themselves. Mm -hmm. These thoughts have to become me or I that I'm using. And then I say, I am going to uh, resist or I am not going to resist, whatever. But this I itself is the thought that I derived by identifying with my entire content of the mind. And that I came is a thought because if anything arises out of the mind, it has to be necessarily a thought. So this thought, unexamined throughout our life, taken always real, and a lot of suffering is happening uh, in the name of this I, who is really suffering in the sense that it's just the thoughts. Thoughts of suffering, sufferings, what is the nature of suffering is only the resisting thoughts. There is nothing that is suffering. There is no entity that is suffering. It's only thoughts. And these thoughts, I am taking it as me. So I think, oh, I am suffering. But there cannot be the, the division between the thoughts that resist versus the thoughts that I call resistance. So this, this is really artificial duality we're creating. And the solution to that, so for that is to really find out who is this I. Or whenever there is a resistance, then who is the one is resisting? rather than stopping the resisting and all those action, it will help us a lot to find out this I that is always hiding, always hiding. In, in other words, if you say a controller and the controlled are the same, right? When there are thoughts of uh, controlling something, then I take myself as a controller follow all this. Krishnamurti is very big on that. Controller is the controlled. Thinker is the thought. There are no duality between thinker and the thought. But we don't realize that. We say, I am the thinker and I should not have these thoughts. But the thoughts itself created this thinker. Doer also, same thing. When I do something, I take myself to be doer. And I have no, no evidence that this I that I take myself is a doer. What I understand in my experience is that the mind has the knowledge and the body is like a tool to do the things according to what we have in the mind. And all that happens in the presence of this consciousness. When there is a consciousness, the mind supplies the knowledge and the body is a tool and it does the work. And all of a sudden I say, oh, I did it. See that? Mm -hmm. I, uh, we take it as a separately existing real me. Who is doing it? <clears throat> we are usurping the mind and the body's work as a separate I. You know, uh, to what uh, uh, Pratap is saying, and thank you for sharing that. Let's, I'll give you a religious analogy. I'm going to share something with you that uh, actually happened about four, four years ago when I was doing my, my counseling practice years back. There was a Christian preacher, uh, a young um, 20, maybe she, maybe she was like 30 years old, African-American uh, preacher. She was part of one of the, the African-American churches here. And so she was having some difficulty in developing these sermons. So, so I said to her, I'm going to, I said to her, I'll just give you some pointers and see, try to do this and, and see what happens. What I said to her is that you go into the church during the weekdays when nobody's there, you sit in, in, in the, in the church in front of the cross and you keep a, keep a blank notebook with you and, and you allow, and you just listen to five devotional songs. And you simply ask God to inspire you, you know, and, th and then so she took some notes and whatnot. She did that like for three days. When, th when the sermon was given, when she started giving the sermon, 
What I said to her is when you give the sermon, you don't consider you're giving the sermon. You ask God to work through you, make you use that as an instrument, and then you talk. And it's just so whatever she had done the, the last couple of days, the song she had sung and, 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 and listened to and some of the notes she had taken, that was all good. That was a, that was a good, good thing. But when she simply allowed God to work through her, this was, this was the experience. There were some 150 people in the service. Everybody was silent and there was pin drop silence. She said that that never happened before. And she also, and after the end of the sermon, that may have lasted half an hour or something, she also didn't realize what she had spoken. She knew that she, it came directly. It, 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 it wasn't constructed out of, the, uh, of, uh, uh, out of the me that, okay, what should I say? What shouldn't I say? This should be, it, it came in resonance with the divine. You know, so this and, and this experience I have seen happen with so many people. So this is a religious example, religious way to look at what, what Pratap is saying. If you're not religious, it just has the implications in our daily life. Exactly, exactly, very much so. It happens. See, see, see. When a person is giving a sermon or a speech, and if everybody is just still in in connection. That is the higher power, higher intelligence is active, that oneness is there. There's something very special going on there. There's no me that is trying to gain something from the audience. That's a, it's a big thing in, in giving presentations and lectures and sermons and, and whatnot. The per person is looking for praise, looking for this, looking for that, looking for some, something from the audience. But when you put all that aside and just resonate with the truth for the benefit of everyone, including oneself, the miracle, miracle of attention, that's the miracle of presence. I think the first thing is to convince ourselves that this eye that I'm using as Pratap, like an anatomically, I can see that it is nothing but the mind itself is speaking. Yeah. But I'm taking I separately from even the mind and then say, oh, I have a mind. Exactly. But the mind truly gives rise to this I. And if you see very clearly, oh, that is that, then I don't have to remove this I. Because it has a lot of uses. Once we know the truth about this I, then this I surrenders itself and becomes the tool in you know, to be wielded by this intelligence, that universal intelligence, now that this eye is, is not disturbing it, you know. Otherwise, the mind keeps receiving, but this eye will say, no, I, I have my own knowledge, so I don't need you. So that mind becomes open by just seeing that these eyes, anatomically, this eye is really nothing but the mind. And the mind is... Uh, sitting there and going through all the trouble and getting all the blame. Then I say, uh, my mind is moving here and there and all that. And the blame goes to the mind. Poor mind, you know, it just holds all the knowledge, holds all those things, belief and everything. And it has no power until you identify and then act as the separate I. See, okay, so... On the, uh, exactly, and, and, and thank you for sharing that. With the religious example, with the, with the lady that I was telling you about, when she was doing her sermons before the, the conversation I had with her, you know, the, uh, um, that we had, there was always a sense of trying to quote certain verses and it, making efforts in this way. Fine, you're making effort. But when the I is not present, that I am giving this sermon, the, and the, the, the worry, the, the concern about it, the division between the I and those who are listening, when that division goes away, that we are together listening to the word of God. Wow. That is the, that, that is, that is the most extraordinary thing. And, and see, th this idea is present in a religious context, is present with friendships, is present with intimate partners, is present with children. The same, same uh, uh, truth is present in any context. 
like a professor with, with, with the students, the professor really can get into the subject teacher can get into the subject if the students are resonating and really attentive and listening and asking probing questions then then the enjoyment begins mm -hmm. you see so uh, and we're experiencing that we have begun to experience a lot of that in, in our angel wing program people are getting into that resonance with each other the enjoyment increases that way miss teresa i think maybe you want to say something I'm trying to think of what I've been thinking of, and that's uh, talking about the uh, kind of putting it in a different way too. saying like the the ego is getting in the way. So in your example, it's just what I was thinking when I'm coming from a place of where I'm doing it. Uh, is a way different place than when I, and I thought about, you know, we talked about the St. Francis prayer, make me a channel of your peace. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's got to flow through you and that the, um, the really good stuff, <laughs> the way I want to think about it is the really good stuff doesn't come from in here. It comes, you know, through, you know, if I leave myself open and again, kind of put the ego if I can put the ego aside and stay open to whatever that, you know, universal um, goodness, love, uh, whatever it is, you know, comes through that I can open myself and be accepting of that, that that's, and, uh, you know, I've had a, a similar experience I thought about when you talked about that woman um, I've had it for a, um, a, a religious retreat, had yes. to write some, um, you know, some personal reflections and uh, myself and another of other people have really done either. Like one time I just went to the beach and just sat there and then it just comes, you know, just open myself up and it comes. But I've also sat in, um, you know, um, uh, you know, in a church or in front of like adoration or whatever. And other people have told me that they've done the same thing, that they bring the book to where they feel they can just sit and be open and that, you know, then it flows through them. Yes. So, yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for, for beautiful words. Miss Alexandra, uh, good to see you. Good evening. Good to see you. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. I think it's important to accept how we are, that we cannot wake up at five o'clock in the morning and have a gym. <laughs> and especially when, when we are in age, I'm already, you know, most of my life already is gone. But it's important having a rich inner life. And it means like being in touch with our true self. We know our true self, our hopes and dreams and thoughts and emotions, intuition, and always have to some kind of a space for to have for imagination and reflection and being more stoic. Yes, yes, thank you, yes. Yes, uh, please, uh, would you like to say something more about that, Alexandra? No, because I can, I just... <laughs> I can add something. Okay. Go ahead, oh, go ahead. Please. I mean, some ex example that really will make it, it makes sense to me is that when I go to the doctor's office, for example, and say, hello, doctor, how are you? And all those things. And then I say, yeah, this doctor has a lot of knowledge. Now, but what makes him a doctor without the, all the knowledge about the medicine, health and everything? Can, can he be a doctor? No, no. So the, the doc, whole doctor is all dependent on the knowledge that he has. And that knowledge, we identify with it for a practical purpose, for example, and say, doc, he's a doctor. But then it becomes like a doctor is a real who has the knowledge. Doctor has the real, some entity called doctor who has the knowledge. See how. It, it doesn't sound good because 
this knowledge made him a, a, a doctor by identification. Right. So if we just understand this historian, for example, a famous historian, what, what, what made him a historian? The knowledge about the history. So it is not that historian has the knowledge about the history. It's a history knowledge that made him uh, referring as a historian. He has a lot of good thinker, thought, thoughts, so we call him thinker. There is no two real things, thoughts and the thinker. They are not two real things. So that if you see that very clearly, then automatically our use uh, of this separate eye that we are talking about, the doctor, this, that, all of them, will become so tentative in the sense that we understand even as we speak that this doctor, we understand it. Even if I speak, I am a Hindu. What makes me Hindu, for example? I say I have a knowledge about all the Hinduism that I grew up with, right? But I'm not Hindu. I have a knowledge. Yes, yes. So, then there is a problem when I say myself Hindu and somebody says, no, I'm Christian and you are not right and I'm not right. All those things starts because we take I as a real and not look at underneath the I. Okay. You know, with what um, Pratap is talking about, I <clears throat> as I was listening to him, that has to do with, with creating boundaries with others. You know, it, it, boundary in the sense that there, there, it's a it's an enclave. So if, if Sachin says, "Okay, I am, uh, I am a Democrat," let's say, so okay, yes, I may believe in that, let's say, but then I differentiate. I see Republican, so there's a Democrat versus Republican versus this political uh, differences, right? But is there is there an opening psychologically to try to see all the different perspectives? and to remove the dislike for others due to the differences in perspectives. Yeah, exactly. See, see, that is what's missing in the world today. People are people who can do it, but masses of people, you wind, the ego gets involved and that's where the dislike comes in, uh, uh, into play. As opposed to really being open to see multiple perspectives and then from there, you may have a certain thing that resonates with you, certain path. That's beautiful. But the dislike with others who disagree or are or have different different viewpoints, that dislike disappears. And if the dislike disappears, then there is that respect for diversity. Yeah. Without that respect for diversity the actual discovery of truth may not occur. You know, truth, the discovery of truth occurs through diversity, not through a homogenized unity. Because it is only, okay, so for example, if someone is studying the New Testament, and I'll give you an example. I've been studying now Christianity in much more depth than ever before, there, there is so much depth in the Christian tradition. But if you go study the New Testament, there are massive volumes written by scholars about the connections and the differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There are 66 books altogether. You could spend lifetime studying these things. You see? But what does it mean? If disagreement is there, something new is there, it is, it, you want to see it, it in, in relation to something that came before. It's not that one is going to wind up disliking. There may be a disagreement, there might be a different perspective, but th that's how growth occurs to discover greater truth. Growth occurs when there is not necessarily a homogenized unity. That everybody just starts thinking the same way. It's no, no, it doesn't have to be. Think in different ways, but come together and share that thinking and, and that beautiful truth will, will come about. I, I don't know if that makes any sense or not. You know, so. Yeah, let our minds be just a spokesperson for the minds with the diverse views. Whole world is 
so beautiful when it's a diversified. See, a, a, another way to, way to think about it, if you have a, this is just a, an analogy, if you have a massive canvas and there are, let's say, 20 different pictures, 20 people are painting, but the canvas is the same. The colors are different, the pictures are different, the, the way that the styles are different, you know, and, and that's fine. But the canvas is not a different thing. Similarly, similarly, whatever truth actually is, truth, consciousness, God, whatever it is, it can only be one thing. It can't be two different things. You may, the paintings might be different. I mean, I mean, the, the pictures will be different, but the substratum cannot be different. And see, neuropsychologically, we can prove that neuropsychologically saying that, look, the brain chemicals in everybody's head are the same. The dopamine isn't different from Sachin's brain to... Uh, Pratap's brain or Teresa's brain. Now it will express differently. Sachin might say, well, I like to eat a strawberry shortcake and Alexander says, no, I like to eat an apple pie. But the dopamine release is the same. So One thing that I'm, I'm thinking of as you're, as you're speaking is just when I, I learned the, the greeting namaste, yes. you know, just because to me, that just means no matter what you think or who you are or what you look like or anything, you know, I still acknowledge that you are a, a person, uh, you know, and, and if you want, I send you love or whatever yeah. uh, that in particular really means. That's what it, you know, means to me. I respect exactly. you. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. And see, every culture tradition has something similar to that. You know, so yes, yes, definitely. And see, this is where in the third component of angel wing, human upliftment is what this is all about. A humanity's upliftment occurs or can, can actually happen one person at a time. We as an individual are responsible for the whole of humanity. And that, that might seem like a strange thing to say, but if such an is trying to develop and is, is, is progressing as we have, as per our discussion today, genuinely, whoever Sachin touches, it's going to impact that person. Not because of Sachin's ego, because truth is working through there. And, and, and that has a chain reaction effect. We don't even know the, the massive effect, but it does. It has a tremendous impact on all of humanity. These are the extraordinary ideas, folks. It's really, really amazing. You know, so let's let, so we're almost at eight o'clock. Thank you all for, for coming in. Let's uh, let's do our closing uh, closing comments. Let's start with Pratap. Pratap, uh, uh, thank you so much for your beautiful comments. Can you uh, make some closing comments, please? I just want to give one analogy that I am very fond of. That <clears throat> there are seven seven billion minds and the bodies in this world, seven billion, mind and the bodies, okay? This my, each one of them has unique kind of a contribution to make. And these are like a tools and God is a master mechanic. So he has this beautiful toolbox in which there are seven billion tools, which are mind and body with the knowledge and the, the, the uh, the body ready to act on this knowledge. And the, and the actual mechanic is this consciousness or God or whatever the truth, the real, and that is experiential. We are not just saying consciousness, consciousness. The presence of consciousness. So consciousness is God. And to me, God has this beautiful toolbox. To serve. Very nice. Beautiful. We don't realize then we are usurping the mechanic mechanism of master God as my separate pratap. I am a mechanic. I am a tool. <laughs> yes. Very interesting analogy. Thank you for that. Ms. Alexandra, any closing comments you may have? Well, I, I just think it's important to have our inner rich light and and it can change every five years or something, but oh. because we, we have a different experience, meet the different people, but being aware of what is going on with our, our life 
And then you, you mentioned the Testament. I like to read the New Testament, not Old Testament. I'm a yes. Catholic. I'm a Catholic. Sure. sure. But I, I have so many friends. I was living in, I was on a scholarship in a different places. So I'm very open to, to, like my husband, he spent 14 years in Saudi Arabia, completely different. Everything was different. He couldn't even visit Israel because he would not be accepted back to Saudi Arabia. But everything is... I'm happy that I, I I was able to see the quite good parts of the whole world and and um, and I try to write my thoughts even if and showing the people like you guys are very very interesting. I would like to write someday about you. <laughs> well, the other thing is we have recorded all of these dialogues, so so uh, I will send the links. I, I just haven't had time yet because of all this medical stuff going on. But uh, in the newsletters, you'll see the links to everything we have done. Every dialogue has been recorded on Zoom. So you have audio and uh, audio is available of that. Uh, so anybody wants to do research on it and all that, and you always do that if you, if you want. You know? So that is, uh, it'll be useful for students later on. I'm, I'm hoping that all these conversations are going to be useful for many students that we're going to have in Angel Wing later on. So uh, every statement you guys are all making, we're all making, they're very valuable. Uh, they are going to be guideposts and uh, utilized in many different ways. So thank you, Ms. Alexander, Ms. Debbie, uh, some closing comments, please. Um, I guess I was just listening to something Pertot said, you know, talking about the world. And um, it just would be nice if we could expose the whole world to angel wing. We're going to. It, 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 it is going to happen automatically, one step at a time. One yeah. step at a time. Yes, absolutely. But you know what that is like? If you want to start a big fire, you have to start with a small, start strike a matchstick first, then start, and, it, and then it grows. You see, so, so that it will grow. But but see, one of the things that Chaitanya has mentioned, we, we are looking for actual transformation, not just numbers. Mm -hmm. There's many organizations that have a lot of people coming inside, but the, but the depth is not there. Uh, or the actual transformation may, may not be occurring. It may be occurring, we don't know. But, but it, it's not numbers, the numbers are fine, but it's the, it's the quality. I mean, look at the quality of our, of, of our, of our discussion today. It's, it's a, what a level that is, it's tremendous. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, a, it's a fantastic, Miss Teresa, and, uh, any uh, closing comments, please? You know, I always wanna say just like, wow, okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, just that, you know, studying with you folks and the studying I do outside, it's just so wonderful to see the mesh between the two and how, you know, one uh, or things that I hear in one place make a connection with things I hear in another place. You know, to me, that's growth and, and uh, I'm very excited about it. It is very Thank exciting. You. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. It is exciting. It is truly, truly exciting and it's energizing. And, you know, there's a dynamism in this. So uh, many, many thanks to all of you. It is such a blessing to have all of you here. And may, uh, may the whole world be blessed. You know, that is our intention. We have, a, we have a fantastic team developing. Everyone has their own background and expertise and, and, and developments. And all. Dr. Berman is, you know, phenomenal in terms of psychology. Uh, uh, then Chetna is, of course, there. But Pratap Bhatt is there. Uh, Alexandra, all of our core members are really, uh, they, they, everyone has such, such a tremendous background uh, and, and the, the desire to share, grow, think together, grow together, uh, learn from each other. That is one of the most significant qualities that our group really, really uh, uh, has, you know. So I want to thank all of you. And uh, don't forget that our retreat is on the, uh, what date is that? That's going to be on the 29th, you know, which is the uh, last Saturday of this month, October 29th at Killen's Pond. So uh, it, it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, that'll be our first retreat, but we're gonna have many more uh, as we move ahead. And then we'll, and, and then at some point at, at my place here where, where I am, I can have up to about 10 people here for a much smaller in-depth retreat. Uh, that, that can be for like three or four days or even longer that we go into, you know, for a much, much, much deeper level of this, uh, what is awareness and what is Vedanta and what are the different religious ideas. And, and I have everything set up for that, actually. 
So I have everything set up to do just that. So in 2023, uh, we will be setting up several sessions of those types where people from the outside can come. I have an Airbnb place here also where like a brother or other people from out of state are coming and then you'll have a place to stay and all that. You know, So uh, lots of things are planned in the next year, uh, but we're gonna get there just one sequence at a time. So thank you all very much and we will see you next time. All right, good night. Okay, bye -bye. Bye -bye. Okay, thank you. Thank you.